0: Kevin Classic tip number six and a half. If I ask you to come to the bathroom with me, come to the bathroom with
1: me. Hello, and welcome back to the Her Life blogcast. I'm your host, Rachel Malik. It's the Kevin Classic episode. Hey, Kev.
0: Hello. Classic. classic. Absolutely classic.
1: How was your homecoming experience?
0: <laughs> wow. My homecoming experience was pretty great. I'm stayed healthy. And I had really good interactions with tons of people. I don't think I could have scripted it any better. How was yours?
1: I couldn't agree more. It was better than I ever imagined. And like we had high hopes, but I think it fulfilled me in different facets of my life. And it was more than I could have ever dreamed.
0: Wow. Look at us.
1: We really killed it. Like we did homecoming well. And I knew that we would.
0: Yeah. When did we saw each other at least once? Briefly. Yeah, I remember you see each other twice.
1: I remember seeing you from afar in the tent and being like, there he mm. is. Because <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's kind of like, are you just a figment of my internet imagination? You could be. We vlog a lot, but I haven't seen you face to face. We talked about that last time. And then I was like, there he is in the flesh. And it felt good. But in the same breath, it felt just like old times, you know, it's like, wow, we've changed, but also not a single moment has changed. Like we are back mm. where we belong. In the Ford homecoming
0: tent. Well, that's a beautiful moment to hear from your perspective as well. And it sounds like an existential crisis that I would have is like, well, are any of my friends really real? Mm -hmm. Um, I've thought that before. So it was good that I was the one that, well, yes, initiated that nervousness in you, but also relieved it when we saw each other and realized that we were real.
1: Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. And if I can offer up my first Kevin classic tip of the episode, which is just the thing I decided that we're going to do throughout the episode. Oh, I like that. Kevin classic tip number one, a great way to maintain friendships is vlogging on the reg and you have to do it via text. Like I want you whipping out your iPhone or Android device any phone will do even a flip and just take a video of yourself walking down the street, any reflections that you have. The beauty of a vlog is that there are no rules, you know, it's like a, it's like an audio journal for your friends and you get to stay up to date. Like I know a lot that's gone on in your life in these last few months and I wouldn't want it any other way.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is a, I love that too. And there is a uh, autonomy and a sense of control that you have as the vlogger Yes, is you get to choose when, and where and how it's going to all go down. But there is a spontaneity in it that that's the spice of the vlog itself is that some event had to go down to incite the vlog. And that's what makes the Kevin classic tip is that there's a spontaneity and a sense of recovery of your own autonomy. And that's, that's what we all need in this godforsaken world every now and then just to talk to your friends. It's lovely.
1: All you need is a vlog. (laughs) I think the Beatles wrote Uh, that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, in 1968. Yep. All yep. you need is a vlog.
1: That's Kevin Classic tip number one. I think that leads us right into her reflections. What do you say?
0: Yeah, I always say, well, Kevin Classic tip number two is always follow up your first tip with a nice solid segment. Yeah. So it keeps the momentum going. So that's number two. So that
1: worked out. Yeah. We couldn't have planned that any better. Hit me with your happy H of the week.
0: Happy H of the week could also stand for Halloween. I really liked my Halloween weekend. Okay. It was fantastic. Every day was just a new adventure. Usually, I don't enjoy Halloween. I am easily frightened. And especially last year, there was a bunch of gravestones on people's lawns. And I was like, that's a little too close to home, isn't too it? Too
1: close, yeah.
0: So it was a little too close to home. And I yeah. I jump scare easily. Rachel, I vlogged you while I was taking out the garbage garbage scared of demons. That's happened. But this Halloween is very different. I feel like it was a return to form and more of a celebration. And each day, Friday was a party. Saturday, I saw American Utopia with Devin for the third time. (laughs) Sunday, I watched the Greenwich Village famous Halloween parade from a roof with a bunch of people I loved and care about and some new people. It was just a wonderful, wonderful weekend. So I'm feeling good. I'm really feeling good.
1: I love that. I love just like a holiday weekend because it's my favorite thing to go up and be like to people that I don't know and be like, are you into this? Like, is this your cup of tea? Because like there definitely are Mm. Halloween people and not Halloween people. And I would say like like you, typically I'm not a Halloween person, Mm -hmm. but I can get behind like the collective joy that a holiday could bring.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge death, decay, rebirth scariness it's important if if we didn't have something like that it'd be a little odd and i think it comes at such a good time obviously it wasn't serendipitous that people started celebrating the dead right when the weather starts changing but i think it's good for me to face my fears sometimes so i'm always proud of myself when i get to november 1st and you hit those triple ones you know i always think one 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 or eleven one is very grounded. It's all Saints Day, but 1031 is very angular. And I think that's why Halloween freaks me out. It's all in the numbers.
1: Yeah. You hinted at something that will become a theme in this episode. Mm. We're gonna talk a lot about maybe not death, but like metaphorical death, destruction, Ooh. rebirth, mm. which oh. is fitting for the for the season. Ish. Mm. We're gonna talk about it. Just like that's yeah. your preface. Got it. Okay, my happy of the week, Kevin. Election day, I love an election. And it's something that I'm like discovering about myself. And I love, I've recently started working elections. I worked the 2020 presidential election. That was the first time I was a poll worker. And I did it again this year. I missed the primary because I was very sick from my COVID vaccine as it were, like it just didn't work out, but they ended up having a replacement and it was fine. You need four people to open your polling place, which I didn't know. Cause a lot of the times, especially on slower days, like this general election wasn't hectic, hectic. So like you didn't need four people there, but I didn't realize that you literally can't open your polling place. Without four people. But we have a very interesting group of four people. Like it's one of those things. I'm like sitting with my election worker staff and it's like, there's no other reason that the four of us would ever be in a room together if it weren't for this very specific place we're in and the specific context of like American democracy and there's something like really powerful about that of just this like random but important thing bringing total strangers together and working together because it also is a stressful process like there's a lot of procedures that have to go on very perfectly by the book or there could be like very bad consequences so like it's Important and it's like heightened in that way, but it's also very fun because, like, we're doing it because we want to do it and we're learning about each other. And there's just a lot of like idle chatting, which I really enjoy. And like, you're chatting with all the voters, and it's just really, I really enjoy the environment. It's always a long day, but it's a fun day. And this year was particularly exciting because I ended the night with a date and it has nothing to do with election. He wasn't a voter, but it just added to my election energy. And we're going to circle back to that later. All I'm saying is that my Tuesday, November 2nd, was like wilds from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep.
0: Well, firstly, good on you for being a poll worker and for voting, which I assume you did right while you were there.
1: Well, I actually don't work for my district. So I always had to do a mail-in because they have enough in my township. So I have to go to like the township over.
0: Wow. Even more impressive that you're putting in that work. Thank you. But this date, he's not a voter. What's the deal with that? He didn't vote. Well-
1: Actually, he didn't vote. That's not what I meant. I meant to say like he didn't wow. vote at my like, it's not like I met him mm. at the polls and was like, hey, want to go out? Because like, I don't know if that's allowed. I guess it, why wouldn't it be? You could find love at a voter booth. But anyway, that's not what happened. It just like so happened that we were both free that night. And it was like yeah. a very spontaneous. He was like, hey, are you free right now? And I was like, I'm just just leaving the polls. Sure. And so he was like, it's election day. And I was like, you didn't vote. So it was the first hiccup. But we got through it. And I have I have a lot to share. Oh, great. But anyway, any other comments on polls?
0: Yeah, elections? I voted. Um, I had to take my I voted. St- I think it's right here. Wait, is it on the back of my journal? Yeah, here it is. It is. I voted. I voted. I convinced my dad to vote because he picked me up from the train. And I was like, we got to vote right now. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, come on. it'll Take like 10 minutes. And it did. It. And it was nice. I like the energy. Not many masks, which made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. about the results of the polls. But I was wearing one, I voted, I thought very critically about it. There was five very interesting amendments to our town constitution on the back that I got to vote for. It felt very, it was, it felt like a, almost a test on the back. I was like, Hmm, what do I genuinely believe here? Because mm-hmm. the front when you're voting for people, you can, you know, vote blue, no matter who or red wave, whatever you want, you could be very party affiliated, but on the back, when you flip it over, I don't know if you had that in your town, but it's was like, what do I actually want? tangibly to change yes or no make up your Mm. mind you got to give an answer i think that's very important practice to do yeah yeah It's,
1: it's great to see and like i was surprised by the amount of voters like i think we were expecting a very very slow day and of course it wasn't the level that we experienced for the presidential election last year like that's another level. And especially that year was a whole nother level. So it wasn't that same energy, but there still was like, I really think we're headed in a direction where just more people are going to vote. Like, I think that election set a tone where people realize that it's important. Also, like it was stirred up a lot. Like there's a lot of people in the township that I was in that don't think voting is secure. And we got a lot of questions about like, Mm -hmm. how do I make sure that my vote is counted correctly? But it's a secret ballot. So like, we can't tell you who you voted for. Like you only know who you voted for. We're not allowed to like verify what came out of the system because we're not allowed to know, you know? So it's tricky. And like, I understand concerns and I understand like double checking with the people working it, but it was an interesting position to be in that we didn't experience last year, but it makes a lot of sense why we are experiencing it this year. And I'm just curious how like we're going to look back on this time. Like I hope that it's an upward trend, but like we got, we got like a third of the registered voters turnout, which felt very good. But also I would love for that to be bad. Do you know what I mean? Like I would love to get to a place where it's like only a third, like right now I, it is very good. Like, and I think it's on, like I think we are above the national average, or turnout, and we're happy with that. But it'd be really cool if like, you're always getting above 50%. You're always getting like two thirds would be rad.
0: Hmm. Yes, this is very interesting. 33%, I believe is very good for a, a local election. I know this because this weekend, I saw American Utopia, David Byrne talking to fame uh, on Broadway for the third time. And he makes a very specific point to talk about election turnout. And he says that the 2020 presidential election was the most ever, 67% since I think maybe McKinley was elected. And he's like, and that was all men, only men voted for William McKinley. Wow. So this was the highest turnout. I think it was like 67%, which is good, but I guess still like, what were the other 33 people? What did they not make up their minds? Where were they? Mm. Was there some sort of voter suppression? It's a good question. It seemed like everyone had an opinion on the last election, so yeah,
1: yeah. I they feel particularly troubled in in light of this election day because I just knew from like the experiences that I had, and the interactions that I had, that a lot of people were doing it despite of the fact that they thought it was this like rigged thing. And I was just like, wow, we just have we're, we're like we came to the day with very different, from very opposite ends, not even like politically, but just of like what the impact of voting has I just didn't think of that like I came into my thing like we're doing a good thing like helping people vote is a good thing and I feel like there were a lot of people not everybody but a lot of people in this district that were like you are facilitating a sketchy thing like that was kind of the energy and I was like oh what like we're on very different pages for like what this day is about you know
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Kevin classic tip number three it's okay to have these existential crises. I think it's important. And I think we're all having them, even people on the opposite sides of the aisle. Like I feel like I often think about these this group of people that really have lost faith in the election logistics. Mm-hmm. So like obviously they're having more and more existential crises, and I'm not the only one that's having it. So it's just kind of almost uniting to think that people can change people on the opposite sides of the aisle have these may have these very intense thoughts and i just discount them and that's dehumanizing i should i should change that and maybe that'll be a step towards understanding because i i think that voting rights is important and certain populations are being drastically discounted and i see flaws in the electoral system so mm. so do they what what do you think of that brainwave there
1: I'm with you. i think it's an interesting like this particular example is a good exercise in open-mindedness and I think that's what I try to greet these election days as because I know that I am not the majority you know what I mean like I know that the way I'm thinking about the impacts of local elections and the big ones is just very different than the people around me but I think it's ultimately a good thing that we both get to exercise that right at the same time and place and like that's what it's about and I think in the last year I've come a long way because I think last year at this time I was in a very like our way is right. But I don't know. It just makes me think in a new way. And so I think I don't think so black and white. And I'm happy to be in this phase.
0: We're recording on November 3rd. Was that election day last year or was it November 7th? Yeah. November 3rd.
1: November 3rd. Oh
0: my God. What an awful day. <laughs> that was so bad.
1: I mean, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy.
0: nauseating.
1: Well, happy election day to everyone. Make sure you register for the next one. And it's not even volunteer because I was going to say volunteer to work your polling plate. You literally get paid. I like get $215. Wow. A day well spent.
0: Nice. Let's move on. Let's move on.
1: Energized. What is giving you energy, Kevin?
0: Wow. Well, going back to this, like Halloween and elections, I do feel very energized. I feel like I'm an inciter of change. I felt like this weekend I was an inciter of life. I was on this rooftop party and I felt like I was really inciting other people to be themselves. I I think I may have vlogged you about this, Rachel, but I was at this party with a lot of people that I loved and knew. And the other side of the roof, there was this other party of this other established friend group that do it every year. And they're from all different parts of the world. And after a while, when the both parties simmered down and they kind of like stood next to each other and there was room for both of them, I was like, I want to kind of join that party and see if I can mix both of them. They didn't mix, but I was like, hell with it. I'll, I'm going to go dance with these people from France and Mexico and this guy that's dressed like Che Guevara and I'm going to have a blast. And I felt like I when I walked in there, it like made people want to dance and hang out and they felt more comfortable and I didn't know who they were. But then I would like walk away because I got bashful and then it would just kind of slow down a little bit. And then I would come back and then we would dance again. It was very interesting. Of course, this is very self-centered where I'm like, oh, I would walk in and then dance and then people would start dancing. But it did feel like just by my strangeness, like they didn't really know me. But I was just being like, hey, nice moves. People like, yeah, maybe I do have nice moves. And that was kind of my role to take. And it just felt very good, especially that being after a long stretch of time where I was standing next to some of the people that I love the most on a roof on a beautiful Halloween night, overlooking this famous Greenwich Halloween parade. Also, before that, I was with Sarah and Devin and we drank mimosas at a nice Greenwich brunch spot. So like I was just feeling myself and (laughs) that felt great. That energized me. And I'm still processing it. I was like, whoa, that's something I've never done before. And I feel a little bashful at moments. And I was like, what? Who cares? Like you danced. You had a good time. It doesn't really matter. So but it does matter. Uh, Kevin classic tip number four, sit in those moments very, very presently because it's okay. Cause sometimes when I get nervous or bashful, I want to run away, but I think it's very important for me to sit in them and just like kind of get tugged around by my own brain and emotions. And somehow you'll land in the middle. That's Kevin classic tip number four. Thank you.
1: I was hoping you would clinch that with the Kevin classic tip number four. And you did, mm-hmm. you were on the same page tonight, Kev. I think that's beautiful. I loved when you told me that in your vlog, I love when you told me that now. I think that's a cool thing. I think it's interesting to reflect on our experience as a third party because I think that doesn't happen that much, you know, Mm. and you got to be that.
0: Yeah. I was kind of the third party myself. There was the party I went to, the party I joined, and then my own little party.
1: Literally the third party.
0: Yeah. Third party candidate right in ballot. Kevin, vote for me.
1: I'm going to kind of echo some of your sentiments with my Energize this week because I feel like I have the power to really shake up a function with mm-hmm. this new job that I'm doing. I have a new gig at a hockey arena. I'm the MC for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins proud affiliate of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's an AHL franchise and it feels so good. It's definitely different energy than the baseball MCing I was doing. And it seems like a step up. It seems like a little bit more high pressure. The fans are more into it. Like it's just kind of higher stakes. There's fewer games, more reads. It's just, it's just like the next level of what I've been doing. So it feels good to be thrown into it and to feel really energized by the job. I love doing it. Even on the days that I'm like, Oh, I'm not really in the mood to like go to work Bear and do this game tonight. And I come home like wired. It just feels like it's exactly what I need to be doing. I love it. And I'm just like thrilled that I actually like doing the things that I always said I wanted to do. Like I always wanted on camera experience. I always wanted to be a host of some sort doing entertainment stuff. And now I'm doing it and I'm good at it. And I'm proud of myself. And it's cool to like, watch it start to come to fruition. I found that like this role is a very, it's very stressful and I feel like high anxiety, but I think it's a very positive kind of stress. Like, I kind of feel like I'm constantly on edge because you just have to be like ready for it. And the way that hockey is structured, like the second the whistle goes and there's a break in the game, you just kind of have to be ready. Whereas baseball is like, you wait for three outs and you go on. Like, it's very structured. This is very like, just be ready. So I feel like you're always like, on edge but I think I'm learning to channel it in a really productive way and it's been really really fun I feel like it's going to really like set the tone for my live events hosting and it feels very very good
0: wow very nice that's that energized (laughs) me that's very exciting I'm glad yeah the next level that was a phrase that you said it's the next level that is what it's all about in a lot of ways right go to the next level and it energizes you and oftentimes I feel like we think that quote unquote, the next level is going to bring us some sort of energizing or joy. And it doesn't like you work really hard for it. And it just feels like a natural progression. Kind of like what you said about homecoming. Like you get really excited to see someone. It also feels really natural. So if you have these expectations, it can feel underwhelming, but it seems like this is one of those special moments where the next level is right where you should be. And you're putting a lot of work into this. So I think that's a wonderful life experience. Thank you. Yeah. Kevin classic tip number five. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up. Don't give up on your dreams. Kevin classic tip mm-hmm. number five says that. And you should know that. Don't do it.
1: I won't give up. I'm also not giving up on these reflections. It's time for some realization.
0: Nice. That goes back to Kevin classic tip number two, which is when you deliver a classic tip, you have to go back to a set piece. So that's why we're going back to realization. Okay. You already knew that. I just wanted to refresh, go back to past Kevin classic tip number. Too. Um. But realization. Do you want to go first for realization? Sure. Cool.
1: I'm really excited to share this realization. It's becoming a theme of our episodes where we talk about the Nike Training Club and the yoga teachers that we love there. I'm going back to Alex Silverfagan, who is still my homegirl. I have very much settled on my favorite flow of the moment. It's the Quick Heat Yoga Flow, Kevin. I don't know if you've done it recently. It's one of my favorites. Like I always find myself returning to it. It's 20 minutes my favorite way to start the morning, it makes me feel so good. The whole time you're working up to a dancer's pose. So you're working into this dancer's pose. And then the beginning of the flow, you're doing your like meditation in the beginning. And Alex is saying that this pose is dedicated to Shiva, who's the God of destruction. And she's like, I know what you're thinking. Destruction sounds very negative. Like, why are we focusing a yoga practice on destruction? That seems kind of like the opposite of what you should be doing. But then she's like, I want to challenge you. So I'm going to challenge you, Kevin, and anybody listening to think about destruction in a new way. You're thinking about destruction as transformation and as like this vital step in the cycle of life. Like something needs to end for another thing to begin. You talked about death and Halloween. Mm -hmm. It's all cyclical. And I don't know. I feel like I latched onto that. I feel like I started my yoga practice more regularly when I was in like a time of transition over the last couple of months, like starting a new job and just like all kinds of things. And it felt like everything was very shaken up. And I remember just like sitting on my yoga mat and hearing her say that I was like, yes, transformation. Like it feels like everything's crumbling. It's more like everything's building. And I think that's been a really, really positive thing for me to focus my energy on in the beginning. And I think it's super applicable. I think we could go back in this conversation and apply that to everything we've talked about so far, like everything the stressors of life. It's because it feels like it's crumbling, but I think it's really just a perspective thing. The second you start thinking about it as a buildup instead of a tear down, mm. like it literally changes your life. I feel very deep to say that, but I really think it's true. And I think we have the power of perspective and I'm really grateful to Alex Silverfagan for hammering that helmet because it's become such a regular thing. It's something I like meditate on a lot and re- it's helped me a lot. And it's a realization that I think is powerful. And I was excited to share it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was When you brought that up, I was thinking about it a lot all day of how positive forms of destruction have manifested in my life in history and where it does. And I, I like what you said about how we can go back in this conversation and apply it to a bunch of things. Because when you brought up this realization, I felt the initial urge to do that. I don't know. When I was thinking about this, I wanted to have something very profound written down or something mm-hmm. very planned. But I didn't get to do that because instead I went to a store with my sister to go get socks (laughs) and hand warmers. And I thought I had the timing planned and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll have enough about 45 minutes to like write something down about destruction and death and stuff. And then my (laughs) sister was like, we're actually right next to the store. I want to get a job at. Can I go inside and like ask for a job? I was like, yeah, that takes a lot of guts to do that so let's go do that. I was nervous, but she wasn't. She did a great job. Um, the hiring manager wasn't there, so we left, and we were at the car, and she was like, oh, mom just texted me. She said I can get those pants at that first store we were at um, because I am I have a varsity football game tomorrow that I'm cheering at, and I want to be warm. And I was like, oh, who is paying for these pants? <laughs> like, I guess you just yeah. asked for me to pay for these, and she's like, "Uh, you know, she just did younger sister kind of maneuvering there and i was like let's get in the car and call mom we'll see i gotta get back i wasn't gonna be late for Rachel." anyway after a while i was like okay let's go get the pants we ran inside there were 30 bucks i was like julia 30 bucks for pants what the hell and then we rang them up and they were ten dollars and i was like okay am i doing the right thing here what the hell's going on i don't know i gotta get back i gotta get that profound thing about death down and i didn't have time so instead my sister was like, hey, do you like Pink Floyd on the way back? And I was like, what? Yes, I love Pink Floyd. It changed my life. So she, we listened to Pink Floyd on the way back, and she played two songs and I played two songs. And it was kind of surreal. But the two songs I chose, if you care to know, are about death. So that was kind of my my whole point is that I did have a chance to reflect on it. And the two songs, which I love so very dearly, are Time and The Great Gig in the Sky. And they're the two songs that close the a side of dark side of the moon um and the a side is really focused on birth and death it starts with a heartbeat and ends with a heartbeat after the great kicking sky um a very drawn out death sequence um there's really no other song like it anyway i was living life with my sister doing things preparing for a podcast and the only time i had to reflect on death was in the car ride home and i don't really know what that has to say but it just feels like positive destruction also retrospectively fit my night, even though I couldn't plan it. I, it just happened. So that's my anecdote for how I got to where I'm standing right now and do with it what you will.
1: I like that. <laughs> I think that's, I just feel like that's such a Kevin moment of like being in the car and your sister just being like, so you like Pink Floyd? Oh. It's like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, yeah. I freaking love Pink Floyd. <laughs> so I just love that.
0: Yeah. That was a nice moment. People talk about core memories on social media and TikTok a lot. I think it was a core memory tonight, just like sitting there, listening to Pink Floyd for the first time together. It's really nice.
1: A beautiful thing to like understand that you're experiencing a core memory as you're making the core memory. I don't think that happens a lot.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't. It can't. Right?
1: (laughs) What is your realization? Oh. About destruction?
0: About destruction? Well, I kind of, firstly, I like that casual abbreviation a brief you did on destruction because I feel like we you and I ha- have this newfound perspective on destruction where we can kind of be a little more relaxed with it
1: we'll, we'll play a little cheeky with destruction
0: Oh destruction yeah destruction well I think realization talking about destruction going back to the, our conversation maybe for a moment I think elections are a good example of destruction like I'm not talking about content warning trigger warning January 6th type destruction. I think that's very nauseatingly bad type destruction. That's violence. But Rachel, what you experienced, what I experienced on uh, Tuesday was peaceful. There was some skepticism. There was some confusion. There were mistakes, but overall it was very peaceful. And we elected a new government and that happened very peacefully. We destroyed the old one. We weren't really happy with it. It had to change. So that was an aspect of destruction that I think was very positive. And my realization, long-windedly getting back to it, is also Dark Side of the Moon related. And maybe I've used it in the past, but there's a play that someone made around Dark Side of the Moon. And they said, the secret of life is this. Are you ready? Yeah. The secret of life is this. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. It's not preparing for anything. It just is. Like, this is our life. Mm -hmm. It goes continuously. It just goes. And that's been my realization, especially when it comes to work. I'm the youngest employee and time and time again, someone more senior comes up to me and says like, Hey, how can we improve this? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You guys have been around for so many years. Why is it not already improved? Like why haven't we gotten it right already? Why am I the person that's like improving things? I don't know. Time's just very continuous and there's always something changing. And I guess in a very deep metaphysical Buddhist way, every moment is destroying the most previous moment and building into something very nice. And it's not a drill. It's the real freaking deal. So that's where I am.
1: I think that was a beautiful round of her reflections of the week. I'm really glad that we got to do this day, Kat.
0: I agree. That felt nice.
1: Transitioning, if I may. Do you have a particular Swoon of the Week? I didn't have like a striking one. So I didn't listen because I don't want to force a swoon. I'm throwing it to you. Do you have a swoon? Do you want to do Swoon of the Week? Because I could get into it.
0: I I don't particularly have a swoon. I'm in a very um, preliminary time where I have a lot of, this sounds kind of gross, but like prospective loves, like prospects where I'm like, okay, nothing is very certain right now. So it's kind of exciting, but it's also kind of nerve wracking. It could turn to nothing. It could turn to one really good thing or a few pretty good things. And you have to choose who knows. It's almost cuffing season. So, but I don't have a swoon. So, okay. No.
1: And honestly, that works as a perfect transition to my next segment, which we did in one of our very early episodes, Love Update with Kevin and Rachel. I don't think we only ever used to call it Love Update, but now I'm rebranding Love Update with Kevin and Rachel. All I ask is that I get at least one classic Kevin tip at some point, as I tell you the anecdote I'm about to tell you. We're circling back to my election night rendezvous. Perfect which happened with a new hinge guy. And it also relates to my realization because I think I'm in this process of getting back out there, destruction. It sounds. I mean, this sounds intense, but like destruction of an old relationship, but that's what's happening. And this like transformation of myself through the lens of this new version of me. And now I'm like ready to spread my wings and fly once more. I love hinge. You know how we feel. So I'm back. I'm feeling good. Last night, after I left my polling place, I had a text from one of my love prospects and he was like, do you want to get a drink? And I said, why the hell not? Democracy is coursing through my veins. Like I'm wired. I might as well. So I met this new guy for a drink. He's got like a good first last name combo that makes him sound to me like he's the rock star in a rom-com. Like if there was a rom-com about a rock star that you were falling in love with, his name is perfect for that. And I'll tell you off air, I obviously don't want to reveal his identity. Great name. I love that. So like check. And we meet at this bar and I I got there early and I was like chatting with the bartender. I like filled him in. I was like, this is a first date. Anyway, very fun. So he shows up. He's like much more handsome than I thought he was going to be. Like, obviously like I swiped for a reason. Like I thought he was handsome, but he walked in and was like, Oh yeah. So like I was feeling so good about it. Date goes good. It's like definitely awkward in the beginning as first dates can be, but like, that's fun. I thrive on that energy. Like, you know me, gift of gab. Like, I could just talk to our talk all day and I have like nothing but new topics. Like, we have to cover everything. So, like, I could just, like, a first date's perfect. I get nervous after that because, like, we already touched on the main things. So, I'm feeling good. I'm like babbling on. He's like not so much of a talker, but again, that works good for me. Going good. We stay for the second drink, always a good sign. He went to the bathroom. Paul comes over. He's like, second drink, good sign. I was like, what's your vibe? He's like, you're a striking couple. I like the vibes that I'm seeing. I was like, Paul. Yes. Like he was feeling, he was validating what I felt. It felt so good. It's all going great. An important background information about this new love interest is that he's new to the area. And so he's kind of like in this nomad state of like, there's kind of like no home base at this point. So the night's ending and we're like, Oh, if only there was some place to go, you know what I mean? Cause there really wasn't like, you can't bring you back to my childhood home tries, I might, you know, it's just not gonna happen. But he was like, "Oh, we can go to my friends. Like, it's not gonna be a big deal." And I was like, "Are you sure? That's kind of weird." And he was like, "No, no, it'll be fine. Like, they're already asleep. They're not even gonna know." And I was like, mm, "That's part of the weirdness to me." But like, whatever, we went with it. So we get to the friend's house. It's the friend who lives there with the girlfriend, and they're both upstairs asleep. We're just like downstairs. We're like watching TV. It's fun. We're chatting. Everything's going good. Like second phase of the date. Like we're more comfortable. Everything's good. And then it was like getting late at night, and it's a Tuesday night. Like I have to go home. I have work in the morning. You know what I mean? you know, I'm getting this together and I'm like, okay, I just have to like use the restroom before I go. Cause I had like a drive home. And he's like, okay, the only thing is like, there's only bathroom upstairs. And I was like, upstairs where like your friend and his girlfriend who I've never met and whose home we're in are sleeping. Like, that's weird. Like I just felt uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Cause I was like, what if they're like in the hall, like what if they wake up to pee and I'm like in their bathroom? Like, it was just, I was nervous about it. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, would you just like come upstairs and like lead me to the bathroom? Because like, I also don't know the layout of this. I don't want to walk in the wrong place. He says no. He says no. Don't oh be ridiculous. Like it's on the left. Just go up and go in the bathroom. I was like, okay. So I was like, it's the first one on your left. Jesus He's like, it's Christ. the first one on your left. <laughs> Their bedroom is on the right. Like you, you can't mess up. And I was like, okay. So I had my flashlight on my phone and I go up the stairs and I put my hand on the doorknob of the first door on the left. As instructed, I open the door. I shine my flashlight in and it is the bed of his friend and the girlfriend asleep. And I just like shine a flashlight in their face and they wake up and they're like, what? And I'm like, Oh my God. So I shut the door and I run downstairs and I said, what the hell? Like, why did you do that to me? Like, was it a joke? And then thinking, did he do that on purpose to like prank me? That's a silly prank. And he was like, Oh, it's not the, it's not the left. And I was like, I was on the left. I'm so taken aback, and everyone who I've told this story to, which like has been a couple people now, all have very different reactions to it. Like. Anyway, let me finish the story. So I'm like, what the hell? Is this a joke? And he was like, Oh, must have screwed him up. Like, sorry about that. Go ahead back up. Like it must be on the right. And I was like, I'm not going back up. Like, I have to go home. This is ridiculous. So I left like in a huff. And he was like, Oh, don't be mad. Like, don't ruin the night. And I was like, You ruined the night. Like, I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, what if we fell in love? I can never see your friend again. He'll be like, That's the woman who came into my bedroom at two o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. So I leave like in a fluster and I have to pee really bad. But like I can't, nothing I could do. I just gotta hold it till I get home. So I got home, whatever. I recount the story to a few friends, my sister. Everyone's having very different reactions of like half of them are saying you completely overreacted. It's not a big deal at all. And half of them are like, what the hell? That's so weird. Don't see him anymore. So my question to you, what's your reaction?
0: Kevin, classic tip number six. When you have a romantic interest in your space, you do everything you can to make them feel comfortable. If they ask you a favor to walk them somewhere, to do something that makes them more comfortable, you do that thing. It's very easy to just do it. And that's why it's a classic tip because everyone should already know that. But some people don't. And some people, you know, there's a lot to be concerned about here, about whether he didn't take your discomfort seriously, whether you'll see him again, what's the next steps, whether you disturbed, made the the room. There's tons of tons of things to be worried about. I'm most concerned that he didn't know the difference between left and right. (laughs) That's really the crux of the problem for me <laughs> that is that he doesn't know the difference. Yeah. And like you can say, I already hear people are like, well, he doesn't live there. It's his friend's house. Then go right. with Rachel like, to the bathroom. So you if can if there figure was it even a together. shadow
1: of a doubt, you got to be up those stairs. Like you got to be holding the flashlight. You lead me to the door. And once that we're like define the bathroom, you can go back downstairs. That's fine. I get that. But like you just leave me to fend for myself. Bad sign.
0: Yeah, I don't get it because let's say you go, he's like, oh yeah, I'll go with you if that makes you more comfortable. And then no matter what, you both would have thought that the door was on the left. Maybe he would have been like, oh no, that's my friend's door but let's say he didn't you both would have opened the door you both would have woken up the friends you would have been like oh my god uh," and you run out together it's a fun little story that's why you go with the person because you want to spend time with them what the hell were you doing in the other room you're just going to sit there twiddling your thumbs on your phone opening up (sighs) hinge again talking to other people telling them where (laughs) the bathroom is in your house i don't think so come with me to the bathroom come inside sit down with me kevin classic tip number six and a half if i ask you to come to the bathroom with me come to the bathroom with me I'm fucking anxious about bathrooms. I always on a date, I'm like, oh, is there a single person bathroom? Does it lock? Is it fucking water really hot? I'm getting worked <laughs> up. I have bathroom anxiety. So that's why I'm very much on your side here. Thank you. And also learn your left and right. <laughs> but
1: there's a lot. There's layers to this. Me. And another concern yeah. that I have is like I don't think you're being a very good guest in your friend's home. Like you're first of all just bringing a stranger in because I don't I don't know if that was mm-hmm. allowed. So like that's also sort of a red flag. But also in the name of love, like maybe we just needed the date to continue because like we were connecting in such a way. Like I can I can excuse that. But then it's like I'm shocked. Mm. Will I see him again? Yeah. Absolutely. He was very hot. But like we're gonna see what happens. I don't think I'm gonna marry him. Yeah. I don't know if I thought that in the beginning of the date either.
0: I think you should see him again if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is like the end-all be-all, but it's definitely eyebrow-raising. Yeah. I think he can do a second date, but he's got to make up. He's batting from behind now a little bit.
1: A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. He has some ground to cover, but it adds to the intrigue. And right, we'll, we'll, let him, we'll let him give it a swing. I also will say he apologized that night. He was like, did you make it home safe? I'm okay. sorry again that that happened, but nice. I really don't think it's a big deal. So I'd like, I think he was trying to like-, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, 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 like... Oh, it's not a big deal. They're not going to be mad at me or anything. I think
1: that's what it was. I think it's like he how I interpreted and like even in the moment looking back I'm like I think he was trying to say like they're gonna wake up and like either laugh about it or not even remember it like it's not a big deal I don't think they're gonna be they're not gonna feel uncomfortable about it because yeah. I think that's my biggest fear, too, of like coming in. It's like, here's a stranger in my bedroom. Like it is a it's a weird situation. And I if I was like in the friend's position or the friend's girlfriend's position, I'd be like, what the hell? Like, that would be a huge invasion of privacy and like not a cool look. But I feel like he was trying to like reassure me that they would be like chill about that. And that was like trying to make me feel better. But it was kind of just like, nah, man, just say you're sorry.
0: Yeah. Just so you're sorry. Classic Kevin tip number 6.75. Lock your doors when you go to bed. Why is your door open?
1: Do you lock your door? Like your bedroom door?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I live most of the time in an apartment. So like I just have a door and I lock it. (laughs) But when I'm home in my family home, I lock that door.
1: What if there's a fire?
0: Someone's going to come into my room to tell me that there's a fire. What
1: What if your room's the only escape? you'll let him in okay i'm Sam. i'll
0: open the door yeah um lock your doors if especially if you have someone staying that may bring a date home like lock your lock right. your doors always
1: because that's true the friend did know that he was going out hinging so it was always
0: an option hinging as a verb is very interesting i love hinge too i really do i love hinge it's so fun but for real going back to classic tip number six Make Mm -hmm. the person that you're interested in feel as comfortable as you can. I think that I keep going back to like, oh, that's the thing that concerns me about this person is like, I don't know why go make them comfortable. Because I always feel like I'm over like, oh, is this okay? Should I turn the fan on? Should I turn this? this?" Yeah. Someone was like, hey, can you just come with me over this way? And I was like, oh, no, it's chill. That would be so outside my element. It confuses me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's don't forget number six.
1: Number six might be the tip of the episode.
0: Well, I have number seven. Oh, hit me. Kevin, classic tip number seven. Just do it. Just go out and do it. Flirt with someone. Ask for a job. Think about death. Do yoga. Just do it. Stop Just being embarrassed. Do it. You're okay. To, it's okay to be embarrassed, but stop after a while. Leave it behind. Don't worry about it so much. Everyone's not really paying attention. And the person that does pay attention probably likes you for what you're doing so be respectful but go for it and just do it that's kevin classic tip number seven thank you i like that we transitioned to asmr i think that's a really good closer tip
1: i don't have much to add just do it i feel like someone should really make that their slogan that's really good
0: i don't think it'll catch on
1: kevin it's always a pleasure i love this kevin classic episode and dare i say this might become a regular feature it'll be great The destruction of old traditions, the transformation of the show into a new feature that might just happen every month, the Kevin Classic. Wow. Was that a stretch?
0: No. I think it was spot on. Yeah, just do it.
1: Just, just do it. Okay. I'm going to just do this outro really quick. If you don't mind, if you guys like what you're hearing, make sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, a rate and review would be so great. Find us on Instagram at her.blog.life. You can find blog posts at herbloglife.online. And for behind the scenes videos of recordings like this one, just search Rachel Malik on YouTube and subscribe to my channel there. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you next Sunday for another episode. I'm Rachel. Thank you, Kevin. This has been the Her Life vlogcast.